ಓಂ ನಮ ಶಿವಾಯ 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 ಹಯ ನಮ ಪಾರ್ವತಿ ಪತೈರ್ ಹರ್ ಮಹಾಂ ಅರ್ಜುನ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಲಿಸ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಭಗವಾನ್ಸ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ಆನ್ ದ ನೇಚರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಆನ್ ಯೋಗ ಹೌ ಒನ್ ಶುಡ್ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ಕರ್ಮಯೋಗ ಸ್ಟಡಿಲಿ ಪ್ರೋಗ್ರೆಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅಲ್ಟಿಮೇಟ್ಲಿ ಕಮ್ ಟು ರೆಕಗ್ನೈಸ್ ಅವರ್ ಓನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ when the our intellect which is running around here and there finally gets established in the self the mind gets established in the self so what is the nature he had this question what is the nature of a person who has reached this state how does he live in this world what are his main characteristics how does he interact with the world and how one can attain this state so bhagwan reveals this in the last 18 verses so he says that the first sign is that the person becomes free from all kamana all desires all thirst because all thirst are for something which takes us as though away from our own self but we are seeking our own self so once that self is recognized all the longing all desires come to an end by itself and atmani eva atmana tushtaha is completely satisfied in his self by the self doesn't get agitated by sorrow and doesn't get attached to the pleasures of this world free from attachment fear and anger remains detached unattached at all times in all situation whether it ends good or bad neither rejoicing nor hating and another very important quality which is revealed is that a realized person has got total control over his senses he withdraws the senses from away from their objects 
such a person who has this tremendous control over the senses is called a sthita pradnya just as a tortoise withdraws the limbs within itself and projects it whenever required similarly indriyani indriyarthebhyah the realized person withdraws the senses from their respective objects and the mind also becomes steady the intellect becomes steady in the self such a person is called sthita pradnya but as i mentioned yesterday that one seemed to have withdrawn the senses in the state of sleep or sometimes we forcefully withdraw the senses it seems as though the senses are under our control so how to know whether the senses are really withdrawn uh, completely or they are just uh, merely temporarily suppressed so very important factor bhagwan points out in the following verses especially the next verse 59 verse vishaya vinivartante niraharasya dehinah rasavarjam rasopyasya param drishtva nivartate vishaya vinivartante niraharasya dehinah rasavarjam rasopyasya param drishtva nivartate ha bhagwan says this objects or the senses seem to have withdrawn and gone away from the the sense objects for a person who is putting forth effort without proper understanding means at times we suppress our senses and it seems as though they have uh, completely under our control so vishaya vinivartante ya vishaya is the senses indicated by those all the sense objects they seem to be withdrawn for a person who remains nirahar free from experiencing the sense objects he just withdraws he just uh, keeps himself away from all sense objects shabda sparsha roopa rasagandha goes away maybe stays in some cave or abstains from uh, eating from touching from uh, experiencing the pleasures of this world totally stays away so it appears as though he has total control over the senses but here bhagwan says without proper understanding without knowledge just suppressing the senses will not do the work he says it leaves behind rasa rasavarjam the taste remains the taste in the senses remain so when the next opportunity comes again the senses run towards the object see when we experience pleasures in this world they leave behind a taste and we get attached to that taste we want to repeat it then so the taste remains at a very deep level in our 
our mind, in our personality. So even if we withdraw from the senses and stay away from them for a long time, still that taste remains. People who have eaten something, let us say, in their childhood, in their own village, then they uh, go to the city, then they uh, go abroad also, then again after many years they come back, they go back to their village, seek out for that jalebi wala, and try to eat that, because that taste is still there in his head. He has experienced all the other food in the world, but that jalebika taste jo hai, that remains in his head, and again he goes there. So taste doesn't go. Taste for our sense objects, which is left behind in the mind, it doesn't go. If we just abstain from, forcefully abstain from uh, sense pleasure, however long we may remain like that, the taste will remain in the mind and again the mind will jump out. People who fall into some wrong habits or addiction and all, uh, taste remains. Then they have to go through various processes. Uh, rehabilitation centers and so many things they have to do so to withdraw, to remove that but somewhere deep it remains only by God's grace it gets wiped out completely otherwise it remains and again comes out not only in this life but certain taste which we had acquired in our past life also keep on coming up with its own vigor and force and again attacks us. So Bhagavan says, just by forcefully abstaining from the sense pleasure itself will not help. Later on he will tell us how exactly we should go about controlling our senses. But here he says, one who abstains from the sense pleasure, the taste remains, but one who has seen the ultimate, param drishtva raso api nivartate. One who has seen the Supreme, one who has tasted the Supreme, then this taste for the worldly pleasures just disappear. Tulsidaji says that one who has tasted Ram Rasa, then all this Shadar Rasa, six taste which we have in our uh, tongue, and the Navarasa which we have in our intellect, in Sahitya and all, we experience Navarasa, all this Rasa goes away from that life. One who has experienced something higher, that person becomes free of the attachment for the lower. One who, is, who has tasted the Amrita, then all his attachment for the lower things of this world just drops off. Otherwise, the taste remains. So, forceful sadhana without proper understanding, should not be done. In the twelfth chapter also Bhagavan says that one who practices without proper understanding is not proper. Instead of that, one should try to gain proper understanding, knowledge. Shreyo hi jnanam abhyasat, jnanat dhyanam vishishyate. The twelfth chapter Bhagavan says, it is better to gain proper understanding before you just indiscriminately practice something. 
But after gaining understanding, you meditate and realize the truth. So here, the ordinary person may appear to have withdrawn away his senses from all the objects and the realized person also seemed to have withdrawn, but there is a lot of difference. Gautam Buddha sitting there in meditation, withdrawn from the world, and another person just sitting there imitating, a lot of difference. Outwardly it may appear, both of them are meditating. His eyes are closed, his eyes are also closed. He is not eating anything, he is also not eating anything. But there is no taste in Gautam Buddha's mind for the world of objects and pleasures. But the other person has got that taste. His mind is temporarily withdrawn. As soon as it gets a chance, again it runs there. So, rasop api asya param drishtva nivartate. But when we get the taste of this higher, then all this lower goes away. So, that is a, a psychological fact which is revealed here. So, if we want to become detached from a particular uh, object, a particular, uh, uh, what you call, uh, uh, pleasure or uh, any other thing, at a lower level, we should get attached to something higher. We should try to gain higher and higher type of pleasure, higher and higher type of uh, peace, higher and higher type of wisdom and become free of the lower one. If we, even in the world we find that if a person is attached to uh, tamasic pleasure and if he comes in contact with rajasic, then he gives up that tamasic one and gets a taste of the sattvic, he drops the rajasic one. And one who gets the taste, a glimpse of that joy and peace of meditation becomes free of all attachment to all pleasures. So, rasavarjam rasopyasya Param drishtva nivartate. Further, Bhagavan says, Yatato ishyapi kaunteya Purushasya vipaschitaha Indriyani pramathini Haranti prasabhammanaha Yatato hyapi kaunteya purushasya vipaschitaha Yatataha api, even a person who is striving, here the strength of the senses are revealed, ki even the person who is striving, on this path of spirituality, he kaunteya, vipaschitaha, who has proper understanding also, wisdom also. But at times, the senses become so powerful that indriyani pramathini, they are very, very turbulent and takes away his mind forcefully. So even before we can go into higher sadhana, we have to learn to control the senses. Because even if one sense organ is not under control, it can forcefully take away our mind. See, in the Upanishad, Kathopanishad, a very beautiful, uh, um, you can say a metaphor is given of a chariot. 
our body, I think last time also I had mentioned, our body is like a chariot and the senses are like the horses of the chariot and the reins are the mind, it's like the mind and the charioteer is the buddhi. So the mind is directly in contact with the senses but the mind is in contact or in control of the buddhi and the whole chariot moves based on the control over the mind and the senses. If the, if the senses are not under control or if they are very, very violent, if they are very, very, these horses are very uh, wild, then they will lead the horse or the lead the chariot in every direction. Where it will go, we don't know. So it is very important that we understand the whole psychology properly and control them in a systematic way. So here Bhagwan is saying that even if a person is wise and is trying his level best to meditate and to get established in that truth, but if his senses are not under his control, they can take away his mind, balat, prasabham, manaha, haranti, very forcefully it will take away. If that rasa has not gone away from his heart, then the senses can take away his mind. And there are many stories in the Puranas also, about uh, even Vishwamitra and all. Or so many, why Vishwamitra? So many stories are there in our own life also. So we focus our attention, we try to meditate, but then as we meditate we hear a very nice sound, so we want to open our eyes and see. Or we get a fragrance from the kitchen and we get attracted. We start thinking about it. Balat means the mind forcefully start thinking about it and going towards that object. First with thoughts, then it activates the body also and the whole body moves towards it. So it is very important that we have a control over our senses. Here it is said in the previous verse, it was said, that the wise person is one who has control over the senses. That means what? The taste in his heart is not there, has gone away. Why? Because he has tasted the joy of his own self. So having tasted the joy of his own self, the intellect has become still, the mind has become still, the senses have become completely still. It's like the chariot which is constantly moving has just stopped. Sometimes you see those horses also who gallop and who run like anything, they are also kept under control. They just stop at one place. The horseman also is seated very still. You must have seen during the Republic Day parade or on the beating the retreat. Hmm? Absolutely still. Similarly, the senses are controlled because the mind is free of all rasa. Mind is free of rasa because intellect and all is, uh, has tasted the rasa of the self. One has tasted the rasa of one's own self. So, indriyani pramathini haranti prasabham manaha. Here, Bhagavan, uh, while describing the uh, nature of this wise person, 
is also indicating certain things which are helpful for the seeker. So if the senses are so difficult to control, if we forcefully control them also it doesn't work. So what is the method? How can a seeker control the senses and in turn will be able to quieten the mind and meditate on the self? What is the method? That method Bhagwan now reveals in the next verse is very important. Tani Sarvani Sayyamya Yukta Asita Matparaha Vashehi Yasendriyani Tasya Pradnya Pratishthita Tani Sarvani Sayyamya Yukta Asita Matparaha Bhagwan says that if you want to control the senses, you should go about doing in this way. He says, Tani Sarvani Sayyamya. First, restrain all the senses, but at the same time, you should meditate or you should focus your attention, Bhagwan says, on me. Yukta Asita Matparaha. Considering me as supreme, you sit after restraining the senses. It's a very interesting point which Bhagwan reveals here. Matparaha means I considering me as supreme. Paraha. Me means not as Krishna, as Krishna as a human being, but Krishna, the self of all. Pratyagatma, the self of all. Considering that self of all, or what we call Brahma, or what we call that Paramatma, as supreme, as the ultimate, and and focusing all our attention on that, we should restrain the senses. Restraining the senses without giving a higher goal becomes suppression. Our Gurudev uses a very beautiful term called sublimation. See, when we restrain the senses indiscriminately, that is called suppression. When we express whatever is there indiscriminately, that is expression. But what we have to do, restrain and at the same time have a higher goal. So the energy which is there in the senses, in the mind, get diverted towards the Supreme. Like we do in the river. So the river, the flow is there and a lot of power is there in those water. If we put a dam and just stop the water, it is like suppression. After some time, the force of the water will destroy that dam and go ahead. But after putting the dam, if we give some channel, if we give some outlet and then divert that water into proper channel, then it is possible to restrain, to stop the water for some time and to control it. So here also, the senses get all energy from the mind. The mind gets energy from its likes and dislikes. And the mind comes under control 
uh, of the intellect which has got the understanding of what is right and not right. If the intellect is not uh, used properly, then the whole thing goes on to mind only. Mind takes charge of the situation. We move about in this world on the basis of our likes and dislikes. But if the intellect is very strong, and intellect has got a firm understanding of what is right and wrong, it controls the mind. It tells the mind that this is not good, this you should do, this you should not do. The intellect keeps a check on our mind. And when the mind is kept under check, the senses also come under our control. But the intellect should be given a higher ideal in life. If there is no higher ideal, intellect cannot do anything. This you must have experienced, everyone experienced in our life. This, uh, no, it is not a rocket science like such. Everyone experiences it. For example, during our exams and all when we were in school, college, during the year we might be going around here and there, fooling around, but then the exams are nearing and we know we have to do well, otherwise I will fail or I will not get a proper admission in whatever college I want. So a goal is kept in front of me. I have a, some higher goal. So when that goal is there, that force of that goal helps me to control my mind. And the mind then in turn control my senses. The desire may come in my mind that, oh, let us go for a movie, but the intellect says, no, exams are coming up. You better study. Don't waste your time. But if that goal is not there, intellect cannot do anything. Suppose you want to catch a flight in the morning, six o'clock. You have to be at the airport by five o'clock. You have to wake up at least by four or four thirty. Your packing is done. And you have to catch that flight. You have that goal in your head. You go to sleep. Even if you go to sleep late, you set an alarm and all those things, you will get up. As soon as you wake up, you realize that you have to go, you will get up. But you keep uh, this, that, oh, I will get up at four o'clock and meditate. And that is not a very charming goal in front of you. Hmm? I tell you, you won't get up. Even if you are not sleepy, you will wake up, you will set the alarm and tomorrow I will meditate and again go to sleep. Now, both the days, the person is same. How come one day you could control your senses and next day you could not? Because the goal was there in front of you, which you consider as supreme, which you gave importance it is not whether the goal is important or not, but you gave importance to it. Therefore, everything else became secondary. So here Bhagwan says, you give me importance in your life. All your senses and all your mind will come under control automatically. You don't have to put forth any effort. So having restrained the senses, considering me, mat paraha, considering me as supreme, as the ultimate, you sit. Such a person will be able to control his senses automatically. 
no no need for any special effort for this person so we have to through satsang through our studies through our contemplation we have to realize the importance of this sublime goal we have to realize the importance of paramatma in our life if the intellect is is uh, it realizes this then it is possible to control the senses otherwise our control will be suppression and if we suppress it will come out forcefully later on or it may create its own psychological problem and all sorts of things people then become frustrated they become all sorts of um, negativities come in their mind depression dejection rejection all sorts of things come when we forcefully suppress our senses and suppress our mind so the method is to have a higher goal and consider that as supreme mat paraha and then control the senses such a person bhagwan says who can control the senses vashehi yasya indriyani tasya pragna pratishtitha his pragna is well established his wisdom is well established in the truth he is very steady he is not shaking so this is the sign see we cannot see his intellect we cannot see the subtler level of our own being but we can see the expression at the outer level so by seeing the way the senses function we will know how the mind is functioning by knowing how the mind is functioning we will know what is there in our intellect and by seeing the intellect we will know the state of our own self so first we have to begin with the senses control them by having proper goal in life and slowly and steadily get established in that goal so after saying in the 58th verse that the lakshana or the characteristic of a realized master is total control over his senses bhagwan in the following three verses also tells us how not to control or how not to suppress it but to slowly sublimate it by proper method now what is the what is the uh, what you call uh, what is the problem in not having a higher goal or what happens to a person who is not whose senses are not under control how what you call that person gets uh, he falls in this path or he uh, suffers in the path of spirituality or in this world that is being shown in the following two verses our gurudev calls them the ladder of fall how a person falls down and later on bhagwan will tell us how a person can rise see in um, when you when you climb a mountain there is always a fear of falling down so if we know all the possible ways in which one can fall we can take proper precaution also if at all we fall we we but if we have taken precaution we can again get up and again rise like if we go to study or learn the judo and karate one of the thing which they teach us 
in the beginning is how to fall. Because if somebody kicks you or somebody pushes you, we fall down. But how to fall in such a way that it doesn't hurt us? That also should be learned. Or what are the what are the things which we should avoid in order to prevent ourselves from falling? That also we will learn when we know the the psychology of the person who falls down. So let us see these famous verses, verse number sixty-two and sixty. ध्यायतो संगात क्रोधो विजायते क्रोधात् भवति सम्मोहः सम्मोहात् स्मृति विभ्रमः स्मृति भ्रमशात् बुद्धिनाशः बुद्धिनाशात् प्रणश्यति ध्यायतो संगस्तेशुपजायते This person who starts from Dhyayato Vishayanspumsaha, one who meditates on Vishay. Vishay means the sense objects or sense pleasures. One who meditates or deeply contemplates on sense pleasure slowly and steadily comes down on the ladder and finally falls down totally pranashyati gets destroyed what is the meaning dhyayataha vishayans pumsaha sever mind seeks pleasure and it thinks that there is pleasure in the world of objects it thinks that pleasure is there out there in wealth in position in name in fame in people hmm so it keeps on thinking about it before obtaining those objects we imagine those objects in our mind see whatever we have imagined and whatever we have uh, uh, thought about and created the vision in our head towards that only then we will move so we sit we hear something from the our friends or we see on the television or read in the newspaper some advertisement for some objects hmm. then we start contemplating on it contemplating that if i have that object what type of pleasure i will get in my mind itself i create the whole vision 
visualization takes place suppose a new car has come then i will imagine oh if i have then i will sit in that car like that shake chilli then i will drive and i will go through the all this and the neighbors will look at all this huh? little details also one thinks about so many little things which gives them pleasure then my neighbor will feel very jealous so that also gives me pleasure that that also is noted down by the mind then i will show them that yes i can also have so detail i will think in my mind about a pleasurable object or a person or a place or some event the event has not taken but in my mind itself i decide on that day i will throw a party then whom i should call then what i will have on that day then what i will make and what food i will prepare then for that i have to go there to the market and get this book on thai food and then i will read it and then wait and go and buy those masalas and i will prepare and my these friends will be surprised then i will tell no no i knew it before only and then i have to hide this book somewhere and then i will this so different ideas is and the more one indulges one gets that joy one start experiencing the joy in the mind before the event has taken place before you got the object in our head i mean hand we experience it in our mind that is called dhyana see many people say i don't know how to meditate everyone knows how to meditate there is nobody who doesn't know how to meditate only problem is we meditate on the objects on pleasures people go into samadhi while meditating because the more vivid and more vision, i mean the more uh, what you call uh, clear their vision is the more powerful their meditation becomes about food and all we imagine the taste also the softness also and all we can actually feel that gulab jamun in our head soft and all nice and, and this is juicy and all this imagine that oh, somebody just mentioned that today you come for dinner and we are having gulab jamun bus that itself one starts in this imagining and thinking in our mind are wow if i get it swarga like so that is called dhyana dhyayato vishaya and when we continuously do this what happens sangasteshu pajayate we get attached to that object a artificial attraction is created towards that object towards getting that pleasure towards experiencing what we had experiencing in the mind towards experiencing it actually by obtaining those objects so sangha is attachment sangha means i feel deeply that those objects and those people and those places and it give, will give me pleasure so i psychologically start depending on them there is a psychological dependence happen object has not come yet this whole thing is exercise is happening in the mind but in the mind itself we start depending on them we start building big castle in our air we start thinking that without those objects we, i am totally useless and helpless then i start thinking that oh 
that how did I spend my life without that object? What foolish person I was. Why didn't I try to obtain it? And all sorts of things I will think in my mind. So it creates attachment. It's called Sangha. Sangha Steshu Upajayate. Sangha also is in the mind only. And when the meditation gets converted into Sangha, then the thinking of that object becomes automatic. See, first we have to put forth little effort to think about the object. How do you know that our attachment has developed in our heart? The thinking about that object becomes automatic. You will not even realize that you are thinking. You are eating something and say, Gulab Jamun ka sochne lagte. You walk and you start thinking about that person. You see something and you remember that thing. So, without effort, the mind start indulging because the mind start deriving pleasure in thinking about it. Then even we get little time from our job and something, we will sit there and think about it and go into samadhi like. So that is attachment. It can be for anything, huh? for objects, for animals, for our own, uh, what you call, uh, uh, pets, or for children, or for grandchildren. People start thinking, ah, Bablu kitna acha bolta hai, and he walks so nicely. And grandparents are all the time thinking, uh, they can't meditate on Krishna, they can't meditate on Rama, they can't meditate on Shiva. So again and again the mind goes there. So all that attraction, forcefully the mind goes there. Now everyone's little children are there everywhere. There's nothing special about your grandchildren. Nothing special. But no, the mind forcefully goes there. And it, why it goes? Because it gets pleasure there. If somebody talks about them, I feel very happy. Huh? If somebody wants to see the photograph, I show them. If somebody wants to hear them singing or dancing, I am very happy. All the time, that only. So that's called attachment. So the dhyana gets converted into attachment. Sangasteshu pajayate. Sangat sanjayate kamaha. Then... Kama arises. Kama means intense desire to possess. Intense desire to possess that object or that person or that place or whatever we are meditating and deriving pleasure, we want to possess it. We want to hold it and consider it as mine. We want to actually experience. We want to uh, hold on to it. Possess it. Want to call it mine. Suppose some, like a, 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 what do you call, a car gives me a pleasure. Oh, I think about it, it and all. Then why not just look at the neighbor's car? No, I want to own it and it, I want it to belong to me. It's also very strange huh? that just uh, that something belongs to me is just a uh, you know, paper and all. But that gives great joy to that person. That now I own it. We try to own people. It belongs to me. Mera beta hai. Mera ye hai. 
and when that fellow leaves him and go or does something and all then one feels miserable even sometimes one feel miserable about one's own pet that you mera kutta hai and all then that fellow wags the tail for your enemy and you get irritated this fellow is idhar khata hai aur enemy ko wahan par karta hai so you get irritated because that's called possession that if that person smiles at somebody not kutta but anybody else also smiles at someone you get irritated why did you smile at him why did you smile at her why were you looking at him why did you talk to that person why didn't you tell me why did you get this didn't you know that i want that so that's called possessiveness want to possess that person nobody likes to we are not objects to be possessed eh so but that is how the mind works wants to possess wants to own and derive all the pleasure out of that so sangat sanjayate kamaha and that kama is at a very deep intense level that kama when it comes into our heart then things become goes out of control till uh, this dhyana is fully under control sang goes little out of control kama goes more out of control if our sang gets converted into kama intense desire to obtain and possess then it becomes very difficult to control so sangat sanjayate kamaha and kamat krodho vijayate see when we have this intense desire to obtain or possess and if it is obstructed if something comes in between then that whole energy of desiring gets converted into anger anger and kamna go together one who has got deep kamna will have deep anger also if a person has shows anger you will know somewhere there is kamna somewhere without kamna anger doesn't come deep frustration frustration is also type of anger impatience frustration hatred anger so when our that flow of our kamna goes to possess that object and when it is obstructed somebody comes in between it gets converted into krodha no i say how dare you come in between so krodha abhijayate when the kamna gets fulfilled then it gets converted into lobha which is not mentioned here but when our desires get fulfilled we want to again obtain it more and more and more and more it gets converted into lobha greed see the whole thing starts with this kam therefore kam is considered as enemy of our mind there are the six enemies are there kama krodha lobha moha mada and matsa kama means desire kama krodha anger lobha greed lobha moha delusion then mother pride and matsara is jealousy the whole thing start with kamna 
And the whole thing actually, the before that is our moha about our own self. Not knowing our own self, we seek pleasure in the world of objects and we keep on contemplating and it gives rise to kamana. Once that kama comes, then if those desires are fulfilled, it gets converted into lobha. We want more, we want more. Because whatever gives us pleasure, we want more of them. And if it doesn't get fulfilled, then it uh, gives rise to anger. So, kamna gives rise to either anger or greed. No other. Now, if my desire gets fulfilled, and if somebody else's desire gets uh, fulfilled more than me, or somebody else gets more than what I want, then there is what you call jealousy. Jealousy comes when I think that that fellow is going ahead of Matsarati. Matasarati. He is going, he or she is going ahead. Uski kamis, mere kamis se safed. Uski gadi, mere gadi se badi or achi. So that fellow is going ahead. I am also going, but that fellow is slightly ahead of me. He is ahead of, slightly ahead of me. One who is very far away ahead of me, I don't have any jealousy. I don't have jealousy for somebody whom I don't know and who is far, far ahead of me. For example, those in the neighborhood, my neighbor getting a better position and all, I will feel jealous. But a higher neighborhood with bigger uh, this and uh, high class society, there somebody is getting something more, I don't feel jealous. So jealousy also has got its own psychology. So if somebody gets more than me, I feel jealous. Somebody gets less than me, looking at that person, I feel proud. So this pride and jealousy also go together. It's all, all mathematics. Pride and jealousy also goes together. When I look behind, to, towards those who have less, I feel little proud. But when I look ahead, I feel jealous. This is whole energy of kamna only. It begins with kamna and it's an energy. It's a spiritual energy wasted. It's a spiritual energy. So kama, krodha, lobha, moha, madha, matsar. And the whole thing begins with moha, atma moha. So that atma moha gives rise to kama. So here Bhagwan is talking about that kama, if it is resisted, or uh, obstructed, it gives rise to anger. Kamat krodho vijayate. And when krodha comes, people don't care for anyone. Hmm. Then the whole thing goes out of control only. Then the senses and the mind and all is possessed by anger. It is no longer under the control of buddhi. Buddhi has given up. Buddhi or buddhi is sidetracked. The whole thing is under the control of this anger. And anger is a samskar, it's a type of impression which is there. How it will express, we don't know. That person who is angry himself doesn't know what he will do. So it's like a totally out of control situation. Hmm, a person may get angry with his own near and dear one. Or it anger, if it is, sometimes it gets diverted and gets converted into violence or anger towards ourselves get converted into hurting ourselves 
So various expression of this anger is a it's a force, it's a power. So krodho bhijayate. And when that krodha comes, uh, it leads to sammohaha. A person gets totally deluded. Means loses control over uh, thinking on what is right and what is wrong. That vivek shakti get destroyed. Hmm. Krodhat bhavati sammohaha. Samyak mohaha. This, the ability to discriminate, to understand what is right and wrong goes away. When a person is angry, what that person will do, nobody can uh, tell. Person himself cannot tell. Hmm. Because the power to discriminate fails. So, sammohaha. Sammohat smriti bhramshaha. And when that sammoha happens, delusion takes place, the person loses his uh, memory also. Smriti bhramshaha takes place. See, whatever we experience and whatever we learn, it is stored in our memory. Hmm. And when the situation, right situation comes, we recollect, it comes for our rescue. Like we go to school, college, or a person, doctor, he goes to the medical college, he learns, and whatever he learns remains there stored within as memory. Or we can call it chitta. It is gets stored. And when the situation comes, it just comes out. It's, it's quite an interesting mechanism. We also don't know how it functions, but it just comes out. A doctor, when that person, patient comes, he checks the, uh, what you call the pulses or the blood pressure or whatever. And whatever he has learned and understood, it just comes. It comes there. And based on that, the doctor can take decisions in life. So that is called our memory. It plays a very important role in the uh, life of a seeker. Because whatever, like all of you are sitting here listening, it will be stored in the memory. But if you get angry, that will be lost. That memory will not come to our rescue. After the event is over, then we will say, oh, I shouldn't have done this. I learned so much, but all I forgot. People also at home, also they are surprised. You go for satsang, but still you are showing so much anger. Still you are showing so much jealousy. So when we, what you call, get angry, when that anger possesses us, then we lose our ability to recollect, our memory fails. And when memory fails, smriti bhramshat, buddhinashaha, the intellect also gets destroyed. Because intellect uh, takes decisions based on memory. Intellect is a deciding factor, discriminating factor. It judges what is right, what is not right and decides. So the decision happens based on the memory. Intellect by itself is just an instrument. It uses the memory to decide. It's like on our, in our computer also we put some program, ne? some software, some program. And based on whatever is there in the program, the computer takes 
decisions. You, whatever you tell the computer related to that program, it will immediately give the reply. But if that program gets wiped out, or there is some virus in it, the, that computer cannot take any decisions. Similarly, we may have great knowledge of the scriptures of Bhagavad Gita, of Upanishad, have learned lot in various satsang. But when we are overpowered by anger, all that memory is lost. We don't remember. And when we don't remember, the intellect cannot take decision. Intellect becomes helpless. It is a useless instrument without the memory. So it just becomes helpless. Buddhi nashaha. And when buddhi nasha happens, pranashyati, the person gets destroyed. Get destroyed means becomes incapable of attaining any goal in this world, of achieving anything in this world. Shankaracharyaji writes, Purushartha ayogya bhavati becomes ayogya, unfit to attain the Purushartha, dharma artha kama moksha. Means that person will not be able to experience the simple joys of this world also will not be able to obtain any wealth and do his regular duties, will not be able to follow the path of dharma and will not be able to attain moksha also. will become totally unfit for doing anything in this world. Temporarily is totally out of commission, like lost control. Like see when we are driving our car also, at times, like especially in other countries where they have this, uh, this uh, snow and all, or those uh, uh, eyes on the on the road, the whole road becomes so slippery. You are driving, and suddenly the car goes out of control. It starts rolling here and going uphill, and all sorts of things. It happens. Why car? Even if you walk, you will start falling down. It, one loses all control. Similarly, the buddhi is get destroyed and the person get destroyed. The whole thing started with thinking about the object, pleasure. When we contemplate, think that there is pleasure outside, it slowly and steadily destroys that person. So, dhyayato vishayans pumsaha sangasteshu pajayate. And through these various types of our imagination and uh, creating this uh, image of the world and objects, we get attached to them in different ways. This is not about attachment to only one object. Various different types of attachments are there in our heart and the mind and intellect keeps moving in these different directions. And when they are constantly there, the memory also doesn't function properly, intellect also doesn't function properly, and the person comes to a, a, or he falls down from his spiritual height. So therefore Bhagavan says one should be careful about this. Further, after giving the ladder of fall, now Bhagwan in the next verse tells us, shows us the ladder of 
rise you can say how we can rise ragadveshaviyuktaistu विषयानिंद्रियश्चरन आत्मवश्यर्विधेयात्मा प्रसादमधिगच्छती रागद्वेशविजुक्तेस्तु विषयानिंद्रियश्चरन आत्मवश्यर्विधेयात्मा प्रसादम अधिगछति भगवान सेज वन शुड फर्स्ट ट्राई टू बिकम फ्री ऑफ राग एंड द्वेष राग द्वेष वियुक्त ऑलरेडी द पाथ इज शोन टू अस द पाथ इज थ्रू कर्मयोग वी बिगिन विथ कर्मयोग देन वी हैव द पाथ ऑफ उपासना देन प्रॉपर नॉलेज देन मेडिटेशन so by following this path our mind becomes free of raga and dvesha intense attachment and repulsion for the world of objects how it comes when we develop the understanding that what i am seeking is not out there but within us what we are seeking is peace is happiness is bliss is not there in the world of object the world of objects cannot make me happy and cannot make me unhappy also again without the permission of my mind it cannot make me happy and unhappy object by itself doesn't have any control it is our mind which has superimposed certain ideas on those objects gives rise to that feeling of happiness and unhappiness hmm we superimpose those ideas we put some conditions over those objects and then it seems to make us happy and unhappy so by deep contemplation through satsang one has to gain this vairagya so vairagya is freedom from both rag as well as dvesha attachment as well as repulsion free from the influence of the objects of the world of pleasure of the of the various uh, stimuli from the world of objects so ragadvesha viyuktaihi become free of ragadvesha by performing your duties dedicating it to the lord remaining balanced accepting whatever comes as prasad slowly and steadily become free of intense likes and intense dislikes that intensity of likes and dislikes is a sign of ignorance only intensely liking something is like placing all our uh, thing there only thinking that that is the one which gives me all joy and intensely disliking something is like is like saying that that is the one which gives me sorrow so when we think that the cause of my sorrow and cause of my joy is somewhere outside it gives rise to deep feeling of likes and dislikes hmm so ragadvesha viyuktaistu becoming free of raga and dvesha 
भगवान सेज वन हु मूव्स अबाउट इन दिस वर्ल्ड विषयान इंद्रिय चरण ही डजन से दैट यू हैव टू रिस्ट्रेन द सेंसेस ऑल द टाइम बट लेट द सेंसेस मूव अबाउट इन द वर्ल्ड ऑफ ऑब्जेक्ट्स एंड एक्सपीरियंस दोज ऑब्जेक्ट्स विच आर नेसेसरी इन योर पाथ ऑफ ड्यूटी वॉट एवर वी हैव टू ईट फूड वी हैव टू स्लीप वी हैव टू एक्सपीरियंस अदर थिंग्स ऑफ दिस वर्ल्ड सो कंटिन्यू एक्सपीरियंसिंग दोज थिंग्स बट विदाउट राग एंड द्वेश whatever is necessary like they say you eat what is it said you eat to live not live to eat on the path of our duty whatever pleasures come and necessary to be uh, experienced then keep experiencing them and moving ahead it's a attitude which we have to develop it's a माइंडसेट विच वी हैव टू डेवलप सो भगवान डजन से दैट यू रेस्ट्रेन ऑल योर सेंसेस एंड रिमेन हिडन इन सम केव नो इस इज विषयान इंद्रिय ही चरण यू मूव अबाउट इन द ऑब्जेक्ट ऑफ दिस वर्ल्ड द ऑब्जेक्ट विल नॉट हर्ट यू इफ यू आर फ्री फ्रॉम राग एंड द्वेश इट्स लाइक अदर प्लेसेज एग्जाम्पल इज गिवन लाइक द पद्म पत्रम इव अंभसा like the lotus leaf it remains in water but doesn't get affected by water even when the water is on top of that leaf it shines like a pearl and but it doesn't wet that leaf it doesn't spoil that leaf it falls down or remain there it doesn't matter for the leaf so remaining as the lotus leaf move around in this world without getting attached and without getting uh, what you call uh, repelled by the objects if one can do this if one can by through proper understanding and vairagya then we can progress on our spiritual journey so vishayan indriya charan atma vaishyer vidheya atma having total control over one senses and having total control over one's mind atma vashyehi vidheya atma with a control over our mind such a person who lives in this world in this way prasadam adhigachati he obtains a deep sense of peace and joy in his heart which is called prasad prasadam means prasannata very interesting actually and all of us we have experienced it but only thing we experience it uh, by fluke and for a short time during our day or during our uh, month or year many times we experience it when suddenly we become free of likes and dislike temporarily but there is deep sense of peace and deep sense of joy especially when you go to some uh, in tu- uh, go in tune or among nature go to the himalayas or sit quietly in front of a uh, what you call a lake or the mountain suddenly you are sitting there ganga ji is flowing in front of you your the mountains are there and absolutely stillness in the entire valley only the sound of the flow of the river is there 
and no noise, no people, no music anywhere, no kachra anywhere. You are sitting there silently. In that place, at that moment, you do not have any desire at that particular moment. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to obtain anything. You don't have important phone calls to make. You don't have any important appointment. Everything is as though has come to a standstill. At that moment, when you are free from any hatred in your heart or any likes in your heart, there is a deep sense of peace and joy which one feels. How many of you have experienced this? Let me see. See, slowly, slowly everyone will remove their... Now also you are experiencing peace, therefore you don't want to raise your hand. But everyone experiences. It's not, it's nothing uh, very uh, esoteric like. It is something regular. But it is experienced because of certain condition and it is temporary. But at that time, you are experiencing a deep sense of peace and joy which you know is not coming from any object which you know is coming from your within. You are totally at ease with yourself and with nature. You have no complaint against God or against anybody. Absolutely in a state of peace and quietude. That state, that prasannata which one experiences within is called prasad. See, generally we have, in after puja, we talk about prasad. That is something which we eat. But here, what Bhagwan is talking about prasad, is the prasannata, which is not because of some gain or some achievement in the world outside, not because of our contact of the senses with the sense object, but it is something which is coming when the mind and intellect becomes free of ragadvesha. There is great peace and joy. You hate no one and you like no one. There is no like and there is no dislike. Because both of them are equally bad. Raga itself converts into dvesha. If we are attached to someone, after some time we will start hating that person. And if we hate someone, after some time we can start loving that person. Because they go together, raga and dvesha. They are like friends, they go together. What we intensely hate, we, uh, what you call, if the situation changes, we intensely like also that. This all go together. Hmm. So, the mind which is free from this Raga Dvesha experiences a deep sense of peace and joy within. That's called Prasad. Bhagavan says, try to obtain this prasad. Don't go for some puja and try to get, uh, break the queue and try to get that prasad. That is also good for eating. But this is the prasad which we should try to obtain. And this will come only when the mind starts becoming free of ragadvesha. And this ragadvesha goes away when we gain vairagya. We will get vairagya when we follow the path of karma yoga sincerely and understand it, then the mind will become free of raga. 
And really speaking, if you deeply contemplate, there is nothing to like or nothing to dislike in this world. The only thing important in this whole world is that supreme reality, which expresses as this world. Tulsidharji, when he looks at the world, he says, Siyarama mai sabajagajani. He says the whole world is Siyarama. And he does namaskar to everyone. He says everyone is worth, worthy of namaskar, because they are Siyarama. So, Ragadvesha Vyuktaishtu Vishayan Indriyascharan Atma Vashir Vidheyatma Prasadham Adigachati. What is this prasad? What is the importance of this prasad? That is now being said, and this is very important. This prasad is very important. He says, Prasade Sarvadukhanam. Hanirasyopajayate Prasannachetaso Yashu Buddhiparyavatishthate Prasade Sarvadukhanam Hanirasyopajayate Haan, very important, Bhagavan says, Prasade Sarva Dukkhanam Hanihi Asya Upajayate. Through this Prasad, there is the destruction of all Dukkha. All Dukkha get negated, get destroyed when this Prasad arises in our heart. It's a very powerful statement. The sorrows, adhyatmic or adhidaivik or adhibhautik, the sorrows which are there in our heart, it doesn't get negated by any other method. When we are unhappy, sorrowful, pleasures cannot reduce that sorrow. Suppose there is deep sorrow in your heart and then you eat and you try to gain pleasure out of eating or going places or watching a cinema temporarily that uh, sorrow is forgotten. It remains there, but it is forgotten. A forgotten sorrow doesn't mean the sorrow is eliminated. After when things are again back to square one, the sorrow comes up. Sorrow comes. And again that fellow is miserable. Sorrow, dukkha, cannot be eliminated by pleasure. It can be suppressed for some time. It can be forgotten for some time. People try to forget their sorrow by becoming more and more workaholic or alcoholic, whichever holic. Then they try to forget this sorrow by gaining pleasures or going to sleep. But this sorrow doesn't go. It doesn't go like that. It is there all the time. And it chases that fellow. Even if you leave the place and go to somewhere else, it will come. Go to the moon, it will come. Go to the forest, it will come. It doesn't live like that. But here Bhagavan says, when that prasada comes, which is freedom from ragadvesha, that heart becomes pure and filled with that prasada buddhi prasannata and that joy, 
sorrows just get destroyed even if you remember them they no longer have the potency of creating any unhappiness in you it just disappears in that state even when you remember the sorrowful thing you don't feel any sorrow in your heart you just remember that ha it happened what can i do but i am very happy great joy in my heart and others feel little uh, angry also why are you so happy you should be sad i should be sad but i am not sad what can i do <laughs> hmm? i can't help it if you are unhappy then that is your problem so prasanna prasade sarva dukhanam hanihi asya upajay this is a very powerful statement because no other statement no other thing can destroy this uh, uh, dukha even death cannot destroy dukha a person dies with sorrow is born with sorrow then after some he born with all sorts of negative tendency only even if we commit suicide that sorrow will not leave us it will follow chases so suicide and all those things are not a solution for sorrow the only solution is to create this prasad to get prasad so hani hi asya upajayate and when that prasannata comes prasanna chetaso hi ashuhu when that prasannata comes then the intellect by by itself goes into state of samadhi you don't have to do any special effort the whole effort is to gain this vairagya which gives rise to this prasad and once we obtain it the intellect pari avat yashu buddhi pari avatishthate intellect becomes absolutely still in that self which is all pervading like the like the clouds which are there they just stop and they just melt away or just get dispersed in that space and only space remains similarly that intellect which was running here and there and unsteady and getting all agitated that intellect gets totally established in that self prasanna chetaso hi yashuhu buddhi hi paryavatishthate so the meditation happens when we gain this prasannata otherwise one has to put forth effort and if ragadvesha is there meditation cannot happen so this is very important so prasanna chetaso hi ashuhu buddhi paryavatishthate so one should try to gain this prasad and reach the state of samadhi and such a person is called stita pragna one who has got this prasannata and whose buddhi is established in the self more about this we will see in our class tomorrow